Uh, so last week, uh, Jack read from this passage, and I'm going to, going to repeat it. I'm not going to preach on it, so but what you said, Stan. Uh, Jesus, it says in, one, in Colossians 1 verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And then I'm, I'm going on to, this is what the bit I'll be talking about tonight. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blameless and free from accusation. If you continue in faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. Okay. We're talking about tonight separation or alienation and reconciliation. Bad, good. Right? Alienation, or uh, if you put it in the sense of a separation, in, if you think of the worst times in your life, I think that they'll involve those things. We, uh, you know, we have times where we had recently times where family members are separated from us. Sin's involved. There's as, it's always them, sorry, (laughs) never us. Sin's involved, but the pain of separation and alienation in families is terrible, isn't it? Isn't it? You would say that's the hardest things you face. Is it? It is. Uh, and, uh, And probably one of the reasons that death seems like such a dangerous enemy is because it threatens to have permanent separation but it does not does it because in Christ there's a resurrection so death is even I've heard people call it a dear friend when we're in Christ because we're going home now if separation and alienation and that that dividing up and the loneliness involved and the pain of all that in a human sense, is painful, then it is nothing compared to the fact that through sin we have been alienated and separated from God the Father. There is nothing worse than that. Especially if you think about eternity. To spend eternity apart from God, it, would, it is pure hell. That's what it is. And that's what it will be. So once we're told we were alienated from God. It's good that the word once is in there, isn't it? There was once a wall 
an impenetrable wall. It was an impossible divide. It was not accidental. We just didn't, oh, looks like we're separated, like, you know, we got lost. It wasn't that. We were enemies of God, deliberately opposing him, wanting to do everything opposite to how he does things. Hating him, hating his ways. Fighting against God for control. Sometimes we hear people say about someone, someone says a control freak. Put up your hand if you're not a control freak. <laughs> we all love to be in control of our lives. We do. We, and and um, it causes us to question uh, God. Why we question God is because we know better than him, right? The creator, the one who made everything and made us and made this world exactly as it is, yeah? We know better than him, right? Yeah. We know better about ourselves than he knows. No, we don't, do we? We don't know anything like it. He is all-knowing. He alone knows the purpose we were created for. We don't know that. You know that? We don't naturally go his way. We go our own way. Once we were. Hating God, hating one another, says Paul in Titus 3. Despising grace. Do you know what grace is? Grace is the sweetest thing ever. It is God's free gift to us that we didn't earn or deserve. And he gives us this grace. And without Knowing Christ, we despise grace and we think that if we're going to be good people, we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to earn it. You're going to earn. You can't earn grace. It's a free gift. If you earn it, it's worthless. We replace love with selfishness. Because of all of this and much more, we were God's enemies. That's what it says. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies. That's in opposition to him. That means, you know, sometimes we say, what are some of the enemies in your life? And people will say, well, sin, the devil, the world. Yep, death, great enemy. There's one great enemy that we had, and that's God himself in his holiness. Because he stands against us. His holiness will not and never will allow sin or sinners into his presence. Once you're alienated from God and we're, his enemies, we're enemies in your minds because of your evil behaviour. But now, verse 22, he has reconciled you. It's a good but, that one, isn't it? That turns the corner. You are going like this, but... He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Look at that first bit. He has reconciled you. You didn't reconcile yourself. You didn't do it. He has done something that you could not do. It wasn't that God was 
just imagine Amory staring at you and he's going, I'm waiting for her to get a little bit better and then I'll let her in. Oh, another day, same. Another day, the same. She's going worse. Oh no. Sorry, Amory. It's not that we improved a bit and then God noticed. It's not that we started to do a bit better. We were in the depths of our sin, violently opposed to God, and while we were like that, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. How awesome's that? Now, how can a holy God do that? How can... Did you think God said, look, you've done wrong, but ah, she's okay. I'll let you go. Don't worry about it. I, or it just, you know how your kids might do something wrong and, and, um, and you still love them anyway. Does God do that? Well, that would mean he's not holy. Maybe God just says, look, I'll pretend that didn't happen. Or be like those parents, you know, when they look at their kid and, they, and they're in a crowded room and they see the kid smash something or do something wrong and they look the other way. Maybe God does that. Just lets us go. Is that what he's like? No. He has done something. He has reconciled us by his grace. Do you understand that? By his free gift. You will never have true peace until you accept you are saved by grace. Because you'll always be trying to add something onto it. Grace, and then God wants me to, and then I'll have to, and then I, and you'll never, whatever you add on, you'll never get there. Until you see you are saved by grace alone, you will never have peace. You will never have assurance. Now, I'll tell you what assurance is. Assurance is called a yummy word. Right? It's yummy. You know, not, not often words like that, but that one is. It's like when you have assurance, it is like, whoa, it is so good. It's like something that Ian cooks up, right? It's yummy because it means this. You are safe with God and nothing's going to tear you out of his hands. That's yummy, isn't it? Isn't that good? You will never have that until you know that you are saved by grace. You will never know that he truly loves you or what his love looks like until you know grace. You will never truly believe that he could accept you until you know you're saved by grace. You'll always be going, is he really going to accept me? You'll never know who God truly is until you see the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? Yes. We are saved by grace. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. You see, Christ's body is where it all happened. This is where we were reconciled. Where Jesus took God's wrath or his anger for our sin in his body on the cross. He became sin for us. So all of that hatred and rebellion and violence and, and lust and everything that we were... Right? He became that and he was punished for it completely. He was fully alienated, separated, abandoned from God. He was completely alone, literally in the fires of hell. In our place. That's where Jesus went for us. 
So, if he went there for us, now hear this next bit, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. He took our sin, and if he took our sin, then we have no sin, so he can present us holy. Now, who is holy? God is holy. Is God alone holy? Well, God alone is holy and all those who he makes holy through Jesus. Because if you've been made holy by Jesus, that's how holy you are, as holy as the holy God. Yep. Without blemish, perfected, loved, delighted in. Right? Why don't you delight in someone? Well, because they're annoying, because they've got stuff that you hate in them. Yeah. Why don't you delight it? Well, God looks at us and says, There is nothing in there's nothing in Tao not to be delighted in. All I can see is something to be delighted in. That's what that's God's mind on someone who is in Christ. God's precious possessions. He took the punishment for every sin. So, if you do sin, he took the punishment for that. Okay? There is no more punishment for sin. There is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who trust in him. What sin have you done or will you do that Jesus has not borne to death on the cross? Now, do you get what I'm saying? So, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ... How perfect are you now? Perfectly perfect. Right. Sinlessly righteous. Apparently sinlessly, I must spell correct, is not a word. But sinlessly righteous you are. Holy, set apart to be God's children. All of that is yours when you trust in Jesus. Free, it said, from accusation. Now, who accuses you? I can tell you my biggest accuser is me. I can blame the devil for coming in the middle of the night and telling me all the stuff I've done wrong, right? And other people sometimes have a bit of a go at me and say, have a look what you've done. I tell you, there's no bigger accuser than me, right? A guilty conscience needs no accuser, they say. It's accusing itself. Well, guess what? There's no basis for that accusation anymore because Jesus has taken it all. Yep. Even when the devil comes to us, this is what you've done wrong. He has no basis. Yeah, you can say, yeah, I did that. Jesus has borne the punishment for that once and for all. So there is no more sin. And if there is no more sin, there is no more wall of separation. There is no more alienation. There's no more separation because through Christ we have been reconciled. Brought back together. Brought so close that we are one with God. Right? It's almost like a marriage thing. You understand? I mean, yeah, okay. Jack and Heather got married. That was cool. They're still separated, but they're one. Yeah? They're joined together. And God joins us to him. We are completely reconciled. And we are at one with him. So much so 
that the Holy Spirit lives in us. God himself living in us. That's how unseparated we are. That's how together we are. All through Christ. I hope this makes you like a bit excited. This is all a bit... Yeah? It is. But now he has reconciled you by... I'll read that whole passage again. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. Now I want to tell you just some little bit about Greek here. It says, if you continue... This is my NIV, but it says there, if you continue in your faith. The NIV says, if you continue in the faith. Right? It's not about you. It's about the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about what he has done. This is not what you're generating. As you continue trusting in him, believing in him, faithing in him. Also a problem for spell correct. You have faith in him. In other words, all that you have is put in him. It's not in you. That's what makes it assured. That's what makes it certain. That's what makes it, what did it say there? Established and firm. Solid. I tell you, if your righteousness or your holiness or your sanctification or anything at all you've got relies on you, it is wobbly. But if it's in Christ, it's solid. We trust in what he has done and nothing can shake us from his love. I tell you, if you're in Christ, what's the worst that can happen? I love when people say that. What's the absolute worst that can happen? Sin? No. Maybe. That's not going to upset it. Injury, perhaps? Sickness? Death? People hating us? That's the absolute worst. In all these things, nothing. Even death. Sorry, better mention that. Does death separate? Death is going home to the Father. Nothing is separated from the love of God that's come to us through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we stand as Paul, as, as, sorry, as, uh, I forget what I'm reading from now. We are reading from Paul, that's right, Colossians. We stand in the hope held out in the gospel. Our future, because hope is always future, it's about what's going to happen, is firm and secure in him. We have a certain future. Sometimes this world is crummy. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's great. We have good days, don't we? Yep. Good and bad. But we look to a future which is perfected and will go on forever in him. So we don't want to be those people who say, you can have all the blessings now. You get, get your money, get everything right. Everything's going to be wonderful. No, no, no. Your best life is not lived now. Because that actually destroys hope. Because even though there's a bunch of people going around saying, I'm living my best life now, and they take photos and put it on Instagram, right, in front of something, and they're always smiling on there, but as soon as the photo's taken, they're back to their scowl. And the worst part about their scowl is it's an inner scowl. Yep, a lot of those people are miserable. The suicide rate of Instagram is as high. About the influencers, that's what they're called. They influence people to look... Good luck, I do. Um, This destroys hope because if you set up that sort of thing where all of your life and your best life now and here you are faking it and doing all that and saying, I'm in my best life, but in in your heart you're miserable, then your hope is destroyed because if that's as good as it gets, 
Thanks a lot, God. Do you understand? No, no, no. We have a hope in the future and it is firm and secure and it will take us through the lives we live. It will take us through the parties. It will take us through the sad times. But through all those, we are held by God and it will finish at the high point, at the best point. There's going to be a feast. There's going to be a wedding. There's going to be a joyful time at the end and it's going to be even better than the best of times that we've had lived out eternally. And there we will be face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ, our beloved, forever. We will be with God and nothing will separate us for eternity and it will be good. This is the hope held out to us in the gospel. All of this is received through Jesus Christ. He is our everything. He has taken us from alienation and separation to reconciliation and to this place of love for eternity. Yep. Do you want that? And put your trust in Jesus. And also, no, no, just joking. There's no also. That was funny. Um, it's funny for me anyway. I, as I've said before, if you laugh at your own jokes, you're always going to be happy. No, that's, <laughs> no sometimes my jokes are bad. All right. Um, we don't have an also. We have Jesus Christ. And he is our everything. And when we're living by faith in him, then our life now is good. Even when it's bad, it's good. It's very good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you yourself, through Jesus your Son, have reconciled us to yourself. We confess up front, we did nothing to deserve this. Of ourselves, we've been against you. But we've been saved by you. That's the truth. We know it. So we give you thanks. We ask for your forgiveness because of the cross. Because of your faithfulness, because of your promise. And Father, we pray that each of us would learn to walk the walk of the Spirit as we walk the life of faith, trusting in you and you alone. Pray that you would give us all that we need to live by your grace. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.